This is Calvin Hammond in studio for From the Frontline. Today, with my father, we will be discussing the topic of Seek ye first the kingdom of... And that's the question. What kingdom have we been seeking? We know that in the Bible we are called to seek ye first the kingdom of God. But let's let's backtrack the past 22 months. Many would say, Dad, that the kingdom of God has been replaced with the kingdom of COVID. What do you think of this? It would seem to do. I mean, imagine if churches were as energetic in evangelism, as observant of the Great Commission as they are in repeating the COVID narrative and observing the Wuhan Health Organization COVID protocol. I mean, even as churches worldwide were sidelined, silenced, shut down in the name of fighting a virus, many church leaders have become vocal and visible promoters of the sanitize your hands. Take your temperature. Practice social distancing. Wear your mask protocols, demanded by the so-called World Health Organization, which is now being referred to more as the Wuhan Health Organization. I mean, imagine if they were as observant and insistent and regular in promoting the gospel and discipleship principles as they have been in repeating the COVID narrative. Specifically on that, this will get your blood boiling. Uh, the Methodist Church in downtown Cape Town off of Green Market Square unfolded a large banner from the tower declaring, the blood of Jesus will not save you from COVID-19. Get vaccinated now! Exclamation mark. Quite aside from the fact that over 99% of those who contract COVID-19 recover, that statement is pure blasphemy. Now, what do you think of that? Yes, well, I've debated uh, that particular pastor of Green Market Square Methodist Church, um, Alan Story. He's a gun-free South Africa character. During one of my debates on the big story on SATV, uh, I quoted a bunch of scripture verses on on my side, and the interviewer says, well, Peter's quoted a lot of Bible verses to support his position. What verses do you have to support yours? And Alan's story said, well, there aren't any, but not everything in the Bible is biblical. So everyone started laughing. And he said, well, I mean, not everything in the Bible is Christian. I said, what kind of theology is this? Uh, it's, it's like the man shot himself in the foot and the knee and the groin. But, uh, you know, to debate people like that uh, when they don't have an argument. But this Alan's story, he unfolds this massive banner, the blood of Jesus will not, underlined not, save you from COVID-19. Get vaccinated now. Now, I don't recall, and this is the oldest Methodist church building in the country, by the way, it's off Green Market Street, a beautiful stone church building, lovely stained glass windows. Not to mention very historical. I mean, it's, very, it's very it, it is. I mean, gee, that was once the center of Cape Town. But anyway, um, imagine if he had unfolded a banner from the tower saying that vaccination will not save your soul from eternity. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can. I mean, that would be good. Or what about Jesus is the way, the truth, and life? No one comes to Father except by him. What about there's no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved? Uh, imagine if he just put some scripture. I don't recall Methodist Church in Green Market Square under Alan's story, putting anything vaguely resembling scripture or but he puts all this art and energy and a massive banner there, and it's still up the last we saw. It's been up there for weeks uh, in order to repeat the COVID cult. And what is this doing to honor Jesus Christ? Well, nothing actually. In fact, it's it's blasphemous. Is this even true? No. 99% of people who get COVID recover. So this whole idea that the only salvation is vaccination, well, there's a lot of things that are a problem with this narrative, such as the fact that the vast majority of people getting COVID these days are people who 
have been vaccinated. And even countries such as in Singapore or in um, uh, Israel, where they've got 95% vaccinated, or Gibraltar, where they've got 100% vaccinated, they've got the highest vac- uh, COVID cases. They've got five, 600, 700% increase in COVID cases and COVID deaths since getting totally vaccinated. So, look, if the science uh, showed that the more vaccinations you get, the less COVID you get. Well, actually, it's the other way around. Um, in, in fact, what have we been told last 20 months? Wear a mask. This is going to save you from COVID. Did that stop COVID? No. Did lockdown stop COVID? No. Did social distancing? No, that didn't stop it either. Businesses? No. Did not going to church, which is exactly what we're dealing with now. Let let me ask you on that. Let's speak about emphasis. What has been more emphasized in church? I mean, how many church services will you go to? You'll have your pew warmers and you'll have your, your gentle choir and you'll have your rock band with their drums and their and their harmonious uh, keyboards, and they'll be singing Gentle Jesus, Meek and Mild, and they'll be speaking about a soft sermon. Compare the two. Yes, right. I mean, what you're doing is people live in comfortable homes, they're traveling comfortable cars to comfortable church where they hear comfortable messages, except we are now hearing, it is your Christian duty to get vaccinated now. In fact, there's pastors who have now been photographed in the clerical collars which I probably don't wear normally, for billboards proclaiming this vaccine will save your life. Well, actually, the vaccine won't stop you from getting COVID. It won't stop you from spreading COVID. It doesn't stop you from the need to wear masks or social distance or being tested and so on and so forth. What exactly does it achieve? In fact, it seems the vaccines aren't very effective because you need a second shot. You need a booster shot. You need a third booster. You need a fourth booster shot. They work on a fifth booster shot. So, In fact, Lulu, just, I just have a little... It's a joke that I heard the other day. What do a vaccinated and an unvaccinated person have in common? A lot, actually. They still need to wear masks. They can still receive, they can still get COVID. They can still spread it. Well, specifically, neither of them will be ever fully vaccinated. There's never going to be one vaccine. That's it's going true. to be a fifth and a sixth and a seventh booster shot and then an aid. And then and then next thing they're, they're giving what? Uh, recently, they're giving dissolvable vaccine pills. I don't know if you've heard about that. Yeah. Just pop it in your water in the morning. Well, I thought that we had too much drugs in our society. And, you know, here's just another thing, that you've got these schools, which proudly have signs, especially in America, drug-free zone. Mm. Line up inside and get your Ritalin. <laughs> you know, do these guys not see the And now line up inside to get your vaccinations, even without your parents' knowledge or permission. In many cases, many schools, they, they're trying to push this, not only in America, but in South Africa too. This is insane. This is drugs. These are drugs. These are not just drugs. These are DNA-altering drugs. This They're is untested DNA-altering drugs. We are the guinea they, pigs. They Even dangerous. by admissions of people from the World Health Organization themselves, they admit this is a oh. test. Yes. Specifically on that, let's speak about the separation. We all know the story in the Bible where the, the children wanted to come and sit with Jesus, and they were pushed away, but Jesus said, no, let them come to me. How much separation are we having in the church, uh, especially South Africans? We all know about apartheid. How evil that was. What about the two-tiered society that's being developed in Australia and soon to be in New Zealand, vaccinated and unvaccinated? Same thing with the church. If you don't have your mask, leave. If you have your mask, sit in the pew. But even in the pews, they have, what's it, so two people can sit next to each other and then a space. Two people and then a space. Your kids, if if, so if it's uh, you and your wife or your husband, Tough. and then your kids, they need to sit away from you. How is that? What kind of separation is this? Can you imagine Jesus turning your people away saying, sorry, we've reached our limit at the church today? Or can, you can't come in here without your mask. Can, Where's your vaccination certificate? I will say I can imagine Jesus with a whip that he could make 
you wonder what would he do today? Well, we can imagine who's going to get the whip. Um, and, oh my, it's, it's shocking. What about this? There was a time that people asked the question, what would Jesus do? Well, seriously, what do you... What would Jesus do? You well, don't want to know. Well, right here, consider the fact, who were the people that everyone had to avoid and socially distance from back in the first century? The lepers. You needed mega social distancing from lepers. In fact, lepers had to walk around with a bell ringing, unclean, unclean, you know, stay away from me. And what did Jesus do? He went up to lepers. He touched the lepers. He hugged the lepers. He cleansed the lepers. He healed them. He didn't distance himself from the lepers. He didn't distance himself even from the sinners and from the people that were all despised by the society. So if Jesus didn't socially distance from those he was told to back at that time, like the Samaritan woman at the well, which uh, he wasn't meant to talk to a woman, certainly not a Samaritan, and uh, there Jesus broke the social taboos of the Jews of his time. And do we really think he would have any respect for this entire COVID narrative, which is built upon lie, upon lie, upon lie, upon lie? Everything in a COVID narrative is a lie. One of the lies is that um, it's, it's a natural thing, not man-made, wasn't made in a laboratory. Last year, in 2020, even you would get deplatformed for saying conspiracy theories. Well, now, thanks to Rand Paul and others who've gotten the papers unleashed, we now know that, yes, it was COVID-19 was made in laboratory. Uh, yes, it was made in Wuhan, uh, in the Bacteriological Warfare Department run by the People's Liberation Army of China. And yes, the American taxpayers did pay for it. And yes, Fauci authorized it. And yes, Fauci contacted his friend Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook to deplatform and silence those people who bring out the facts about it. So there were conspiracies. It's not a theory. And it, the very people pushing the vaccines now are the people who produced the virus. Now, where's the conflict of interest here? You just take someone like Bill Gates who made his fortune by making viruses for computers and then selling the antivirus software for the very viruses he had created. And, well, you kind of wonder what he's doing these days. Ah, oh, he's making vaccines. Do you know Bill Gates is on record? You can Google the video where he says the best investment and you can make is vaccines. vaccines. Where else can you get a 1,000% return on your investment? Now, you know, for some people, you're happy if you get a 5 or 10% uh, profit margin out of something investing. A 1,000% return. In fact, it's more like 1,400% in the last year. There are eight new billionaires in the vaccine business uh, just in the last year. And yes, a lot of people have been impoverished. Hundreds of millions have lost their jobs, lost their income, lost their homes. But hey, we're thrilled to know there's another eight billionaires in the world due to vaccines. But now specific on that, and to all the listeners here who might think we are conspiracy theorists or we are ill-informed, all the information that we give, we didn't have to go deep down into a crevice to try to find it. It's all out there. You find it on even mainstream media, little bits here and there, and even on old videos that you can find of the current prime ministers and presidents and such that most of you will support. The evidence is there. You can call us conspiracy theorists, but the stuff that we know is simple stuff that is there. It's just your job to attain well, it. Yes. Now, for example, here's a real serious gullibility story. Is there anyone out there who really believes that the government cares about your health? I mean, this is who believes this is all about your health, that the governments who steal from you, who oppress you, who tear gas and beat you up, like in Zimbabwe, here's the government shows that they care about your health. 
that so much so that they passed a law that you cannot go to church in Zimbabwe unless you're vaccinated. So they deployed the army to go into churches, to bash down doors, to rifle butt pastors, to drag them bleeding down the aisle, to kick them in the head and beat up the people in pews to show we care about your health. And that's why the Australian government, like Dictator Dan in Victoria State, is mobilizing the police and army in the most brutal ways to not only separate people and put them in quarantine camps against their will, uh, if not if they got COVID, if they were in contact with someone who was in contact with someone who had COVID, and locking people up, beating up grandmothers, 70-year-olds, being knocked to the ground and having mace sprayed in her face by two young men, a third of her age, uh, while she's lying flat on her back on the ground. Now, what more must the government do to show? They really care. This is all about your health. I mean, if anybody, does anybody seriously think that, like, let's just take South Africa, Silver and Pose and the ANC government, who have stolen billions, in fact, trillions of rands in terms of state capture, corruption, theft. Do we think they're doing all this because they care about our health? Well, now let's look at the, the letters that you use there. So government starts with a G and so does God. Now in the Bible, can anyone show me where earthly governments had a capital G? No, it had a lowercase g. Capital G government was only for God's government. So another G that you can use is gospel. Now when we look at the topic here of seek ye first the kingdom of dot 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 dot, it would appear that God's government has been replaced with a lowercase g, and earthly governments has received the uppercase g. Why is that? Statism is the official word. In other words, idolatry of the state. The Roman state was statism. In fact, you had to burn incense in front of Nero and so on. You couldn't buy or sell in the marketplace unless you burned incense in front of Nero, and you took some of the ash of that and put on your forehead to show you'd done your patriotic duty of worshipping Caesar, praying to Caesar and so on. And you've got to say Caesar's Lord and so on. And that's why one of the first declarations of the church was Jesus is Lord. And to make it a bit stronger, Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I mean, that's pretty unambiguous. But the trouble is today, how many people are unthinkingly committing idolatry where you're putting a capital G for government, but a small G for gospel, a capital S for state, a small S for savior. This is wrong. If you, we've just come out of the Christmas season. What is the greatest verse in Christmas? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Now that's capital G. The government will be upon his shoulder. When we're referring to civil government, municipal government, national government, corrupt government, we use small g. And this may seem to be a small point to some people, but now just think of it more importantly, not just the way you write, but how we act. Like God says you must do this, that, and the other. Like, forsake not the assembling together of one another. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Eh, maybe. <gasps> but the government says I've got to wear a mask, even though we know it doesn't do any good. Um, we've got to socially distance. We've got to send us hands. We've got to this, that, and the other. Oh, we can't have more than this in church. Literally, I mean, your sister was sent away from a church that she was bringing a friend as a guest to because they had their 50 capacity. And you know, honestly and truly, sending away people from church just because of some silly government regulation. Whatever happened to the Acts 5.29, Apostle Peter and Apostle John saying before the Sanhedrin, who had just conspired to have Christ killed, we must obey God rather than man. Well, now let me ask you this. How has there been such extraordinary dedication to this? So think about how, how much effort is put into churches. So the example that you gave a couple podcasts ago, your church 
needed a repair on a PA system and they spent a good 4,000 rand or such, but they only, but they limited the support of missionaries to 100 rand. A month, yeah. So now already then we're having extraordinary dedications to things that are trivial. Hmm. How has there been so, I mean, we all know the answer, but just for view, for the viewer's sake, yeah, yeah. how has there been so much effort and dedication and convincing of so many people that we would even hold in high regard who would think, no, 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 they're very level-minded and they're, they're not going to fall for all of this. How come do we, how can we have such well-meaning people conforming to this? Well, in one sense, I think it's a lack of discernment. Another thing, it's a matter of where we're putting our emphasis on our time. If you spend more time reading the newspaper and watching state TV and uh, listening to the secular humanist podcasts and what have you, then you do to God's word. Well, you know, after a while, you may feel like a Christian, but you're going to think like a humanist. And so that, that's one thing. This first church meeting I went to, 1977, just been converted, 17-year-old, new convert. And I was kind of horrified. There was lots of impassioned discussions about, you know, we need to pave our parking lot because some of us are getting our shoes dirty on rainy days, getting out of our cars in the parking lot, walking to church. We need to pave the parking lot. Of course, that costs quite a lot. And the sound system and so on. And the same meeting, after thousands of rands allocated for the sound and the PA systems and the paving the parking lot, no, we can't increase the missionary support uh, beyond 100 rand a month. So, you know, right then I was learning, oh, so music and your shoes not getting muddy on a rainy day is far more important than missions. And unfortunately, that's like it. So just imagine if churches mobilized their members to such enthusiasm for something like evangelism explosion, shall we say, door-to-door evangelism and so on, as they do to the COVID protocol and all these protocols observed and make sure everyone's temperature's taken, make sure it's all written down, you know, how many trees and forests have been chopped down for the piece of paper that people have to enter details, like their temperature's. 36.1, you know, wow. Uh, who's going to read this? I mean, does anyone care? Whatever happened to saving the environment and working against waste and recycling and et cetera? This is just staggering. But imagine if every time a person came to visit your church, their spiritual temperature was taken. What's the relationship like with the Lord? Interaction with people on the gospel. But as they're putting into social distancing, wear your mask, take your temperature, socially distance, no, this pew's got to be blank, That don't sit here and so on. Uh, sorry, you can't come in, we've already got our 50 people and so on, uh, go home. Uh, honestly, the energy, the time, the dedication, the focus, the energy that's been put into this COVID cult, imagine if it was being put into the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, specifically that first one, fear. Is this faith or is this fear? Because who are we called to believe and trust in? Well, the government operates by fear, and so does the World Health Organization, it seems. And have you noticed governments need panic, and they need to live in fear? So I remember when I was growing up, the big thing in the 1970s was Ice Age. Ice Age is coming. I mean, Victoria Falls is going to be frozen over and you'll be ice skating on Lake Victoria and uh, Zambezi River is not going to flow. And, you know, uh, absolute ice age is coming all over the world. And that, that was the big thing in the 70s. Next thing it was, 1980s, acid rain. There's going to be no crops left, no crops at all uh, because of acid rain and, and so on. We're all going to starve. Uh, I might go back to the 1960s, which is when I was born. 1960s, 
oil reserves are going to be depleted by 1970s. There'll be no oil at all. All our cars are going to be stationary and so on. Uh, 1990s, what was it? Oh, ozone layer. Because we're using aerosol cans, we're all going to die of skin cancer instantly because uh, the ozone layers widened and so on and so forth. Uh, what was it in, after 2000? There's going to be no ice left at the... Uh, ice cap, uh, polar, ice caps and by 2013, there won't be any ice at the North and South Pole, and all of the cities like Cape Town, New York, are going to be flooded and uh, underwater deep and so on. Now, none of these things took place, but all of them resulted in more laws, higher taxes, more powers for government, less freedom for people. Well, e even specifically when we had the droughts here in Cape Town, I mean, we are just, it's not like we're a coastal country or whatever, but we ran out of water. And they lifted up the taxation on the water. Eight hundred percent water tariffs. And Emergency water tariffs. But it hasn't gone down. No, no, no. So uh, I mean, the, the the drought ended four years ago, and yet the water tariffs haven't come down, and a lot of the restrictions haven't come down. And uh, Cruella de Vil, sorry, Patricia de Vil, uh, the mayor of Cape Town, under whom these water tariffs came, uh, she's the one who's responsible for. Um, the public uh, buildings and works and so on, and she can't explain how the water sprinkler system and fire protection systems and smoke detectors at Parliament uh, weren't working uh, to stop the fire that just happened over this weekend. So politicians are like that. You can't trust them, but you can trust them to lie, and you can trust them to steal and to cheat and to usurp excessive power. And so that's why, honestly, does anybody believe after 22 months of this masquerade madness, lockdown lunacy, salvation by vaccination, COVID cult, do you really think that this is about your health? And do you really think that the government's sincerely doing this because they care about you? Well, now let's look at our freedoms being at risk. So uh, a reality that we all know is the government's like to take away your freedom and they will create chaos to take away your freedom. Now think about the freedom of the church and the freedom of religion and the freedom of expression, but specifically the freedom of religion. Where in any constitution or any, even the Magna Carta itself, does the government, lowercase g, have anything over the church? No. In fact, that's the very, very, very first emphasis of Magna Carta is that the rights and duties of the church shall not be infringed on any way by the state. The king and the powers of, of civil authority have no jurisdiction over the church. Church is religious. And in America, it's the First Amendment. Your freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, freedom of worship. And we've got a Bill of Rights too. And our religious freedoms aren't worse. I mean, just think, not even Soviet mass-murdering dictator Joseph Stalin or Mao Zedong, the biggest mass murder of all of time, not even they managed to close as many churches as the COVID cults has managed to close in the last 22 months. During the whole of the Cold War, in decades of most of the 20th century, the communists didn't close as many churches as the COVID cult convinced to close down. And, to what, and sorry, just on that, what was something that many people were speaking about, specifically the East? After they realized that they couldn't beat the West in World War I, World War II in the Cold War, they realized the next wars that happen are not going to be with guns. Uh, if, that, if that doesn't set the stage for what's going on now, then what will? Well, uh, just by sheer absolute coincidence, the man running the Wuhan Bacteriological Warfare Laboratory, which is where the viruses come from, is a general in the PLA, People's Liberation Army. And that general, whose name is very hard to pronounce, wrote a book back in 2013, I think, 2013, 2012. And uh, that book... Uh, called Asymmetrical Warfare, uh, to give a free translation from the Chinese, uh, 
And in it, he says, we are at war. The People's Republic of China, we are at war with the West. Communist China, correct. Uh, Communist Party of China uh, are effectively at war with the West, with, with the United States and Europe in particular. We cannot beat them with conventional and nuclear means, but we can beat them with bacteriological warfare and economic warfare. And tech. Correct. Something uh, which, that, which are doing. What happened in 2010 in um, Cape Town Convention Center? Right. So 2010 was the third Lausanne conference, the biggest missions conference in history. 4,000. There were meant to be 4,500 delegates. Actually, only 4,200 delegates arrived because all 300 delegates from China were prevented from attending. And China managed to get every single one of their 300 delegates who was meant to come from China arrested them, took away their passports, detained them. They weren't able to get in the planes, get here at all. But so we start with only 4,200. Still the biggest missions conference in history, 197 countries represented. I was a participant in, in Cape Town 2010, World Missions Conference, International Conference Center, Cape Town packed out. And at the first day, the entire um, telecommunication system broke down. The There was meant to be another 100,000 joining this World um, missions conference uh, remotely by a, a live broadcast, live streaming, and the entire system crashed. And they were, st- and at first everyone was blaming telecom, uh, likely suspect, uh, but then it turned out within 24 hours, uh, we had a couple of Pakistani tech people there who managed to get into the bottom of this, discovered, and I was there at the briefing, and they didn't want it to go out public, but I made it public uh, through our press releases that the People's Republic of China had targeted millions of hostile hits. They unleashed cyber war on the Cape Town International Conference Center from China and collapsed our entire live streaming capability. The entire technical system just totally collapsed and we never managed to get up and running so we could live stream to the 100,000 other delegates in 50 other countries and so on. And to think that China would have, they said it was the biggest display of cyber war ever seen, even bigger than what America unleashed on Iraq during the Gulf War. And so the world was given a display of cyber war. And to think China thought that a missions conference in Cape Town was worthy of that attention. Absolutely extraordinary that that a great country like that, a superpower, would waste, in my opinion, so much of their time attacking a missions conference and stopping pastors attending a missions conference. Can you imagine? Well, that brings me to my next question slash statement truth does not fear investigation now when you had the briefing there you mentioned that they didn't want this to go public but you made it public anyway and then when you think about the realities of today so my little instagram account your multiple facebook pages many friends of mine the censorship that we are going through posting something very simple even most recently this was last week on my instagram there was a post about vaccinations and i'm on my keypad and i'm typing vaccines are not good. I'm typing this. Before I've clicked send or post onto the platform, a pop-up, not joking, a pop-up comes up saying, this um, this uh, comments may violate our terms, our community... Standards. Uh, yes, community standards and terms and conditions. Are you sure you want to post this? You may be shadow banned. Before I've even clicked post. What is really going on here? Why are they so fearful of being asked the questions? Yes, I mean, extraordinary. Now, I've been posting some history posts just recently, which have gotten, like on Professor Martin Luther and so on, 
getting 128,000, 130,000 reach and so on, having thousands of interactions and so on. Last night, I posted on the parliamentary uh, burning and uh, it, it was suffocated, absolutely suffocated. And why? Because in it, I had a couple of quotes of people saying that after uh, 22 months of COVID-19 lockdowns and so on, there were several mentions of COVID-19. And I was only quoting, it wasn't about COVID-19, it was about the burning and the fact that Parliament hasn't been open operational for 22 months. And now, lo and behold, on the very week that Parliament's about to open for the first time in 22 months, able to evaluate the corruption state capture reports and for the first time deal with the government and have a no confidence debate option which was scheduled in the present suddenly there's a burning in parliament now those pictures are new this is, these are great pictures great story this is going to go viral it's going to have a massive reach as i'm used to virtually no, virtually no reaction they they blocked it because it said it went against community stands and it doesn't, but it just happened to mention some quotes from someone about COVID-19. It wasn't about COVID-19. It was about Parliament and the fire. But they still suffocated and strangled it. And I got a community pop-up warning on Facebook from the Zuckerberg Thought Police that uh, uh, I may be permanently deplatformed if I uh, uh, post anything more on COVID-19 because I've already exceeded the limit and so on. So that's the kind of thought police. Now, George Orwell, 1948, in his book 1984, was warning her really about thought police, thought crimes, and newspeak, and all the rest of it that they, they would... And the term used in 1984 was that people who went against the party would be vaporized, become unpersons. Uh, we now use the word deplatform, but then it was unpersons, and they would disappear down the memory hole. And that's where those terms all come from, from George Orwell's 1984, published 1948. And you think, how did he get to see this? Well, he was a policeman in the British Empire. He was a journalist, an editor. He was a propagandist for the British Broadcasting Corporation. In fact, he based his, notice, 1984 was based in London in the Ministry of Truth, Mini Truth, and he based Mini Truth on the BBC, the Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation, or the Bias Broadcasting Corporation, or something like that, BBC anyway. And so... Uh, he, Winston Smith, he's based him in London in Mini Truth or Ministry of Truth uh, in the BBC. And he knew all this because he used to be a communist and he had visited the Soviet Union and he saw what Stalin was like and he saw what was happening in Britain and he was warning us ahead of time. And here we are, thought crimes, thought police, becoming unpersons, disappearing down the memory hole, unreal. And you have to adhere to this new speak, this new way of speaking, where they redefine the meanings of words and some words are banned and some words you can't mention. Have we ever had more censorship in the world? Has there ever been more censors in the world than there are right now? That they can not only get a post that you've posted a few seconds ago, but get you before you even posted it. Is it really about your health? No, it cannot be about your health. The lockdowns have been used to advance a communist agenda through state interference and through state controls. The COVID crisis has clearly been used as a smokescreen for colossal corruption that has looted billions of dollars of solidarity funds meant for the relief of businesses forcibly closed and for workers prevents from earning a living. So no, uh, this is not about health. Health doesn't require fear-mongering. It doesn't require guilt manipulation. It doesn't require incessant propaganda. It doesn't need coercion and compulsion and censorship of opposing views. Those telling the truth don't mind being questioned. 
And those propagating a lie always resent being questioned. They seek to suppress alternative viewpoints. Facts are not afraid of investigation. That's why Lord Jesus declared, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But now, what have we been set free from? Or what are we being barred from being set free from? Again, the topic of seek ye first God's kingdom. Are we being barred from seeking his kingdom first? First, we're not allowed to attend church, which is completely illegal, but yet most big mega churches conform anyway. Next thing, a few of us are allowed to, but you have to book online. You have to book your salvation, it would seem. Or even just hearing about it. Then more and more people can come, but keep your mask on, social distance, save your grandmother. And now they're opening up slow and slow and slow and slower. And now we're at least warming the pews up. But outside of the pews, are any missions happening, or outreaches, or, or reaching to people? No, not really. I mean, this, this is actually quite shocking and, and terrible because here we've got in the Bible clear commands. Forsake not the assembling together of one another. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. I mean, imagine if they proclaimed the need to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature as often as they urge people to stay at home because somebody had a cold. And imagine if church leaders urge their members to get out of your comfort zones as insistently as they've demanded that the congregants shelter in place. And imagine if our churches obeyed the words of our Lord Jesus to go into the highways and the byways as much as the parrots at the stay-at-home, avoid crowds message. And they've cancelled tea. They've cancelled fellowship. They've cancelled... They've banned you from greeting one another. Uh, it's and just even if they go down to communion, you must bring your own glass and your own bread. Oh well, what, what symbolizes communion better than that? You know, um, Distance from one another. You know, what are we meant to do? Sing, bind us together while we socially distance from one side to the other and over the internet? How do you baptize and disciple and fellowship and counsel online, online. virtually? <laughs> it, it's just not possible. It, this is the most disastrous thing to happen to the church. And I'm saying this as someone who spent most of my life helping persecute churches for nearly 40 years. Our mission, Frontline Fellowship, has been a mission to the persecuted. And do you know, I can tell you with great confidence as someone who's not only studied history, traveled in 42 countries, ministered in 38 countries, been all throughout the Eastern Europe, including behind the Iron Curtain, never in the history of the church has the church so voluntarily put up with their persecutors and voluntarily closed down. Do you think the church in China stopped because they were banned? Do you think the church in Ukraine or Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Russia closed because they were banned? I can tell you not even the church in Albania or Mozambique Angola closed because they were banned by the government. They might have had to move to house churches and meet in the forest and do it secretly, but the church always met. They never stopped. But what do you see now? Do you, peop do you hear the churches saying, okay, we can't meet in the building because the last time we tried, they rifle butted us and locked up our so pastors on. So, but I mean, do they do that? No. I mean, it's just spineless cowards. I mean, sorry, spineless cowards and traitors because the churches that I know behind Iron Curtain and who've worked amongst all over Europe, uh, Europe, Eastern Europe and Africa and even the Muslim Middle East, all of them, they all say, this is unbelievable. Why do you Christians in the West close down because a bunch of pagan, God-hating pagans tell you to close down? You've got a high calling. You've got a high commitment. Our Lord Jesus Christ has commanded us to forsake not dissembling together one another. There's no higher priority than to love the Lord and to fulfill the Great Commission. So 
my friends of the persecuted church cannot understand. Here they have been willing to endure beatings, floggings, imprisonment, tortures, death even. And now the West is, ah, I'm afraid of being deplatformed. I'm afraid of being uh, uh, censored or somebody might shout at me, where's your mask? So now let's, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about approval. So when the Berlin Wall was up, most people were against it, and if you protested against it, they would they would support you in doing that. When the Berlin Wall came down, the whole world celebrates it. Mm. The world approved, but you get zero approval today for resisting this thing. What is the difference? Why is there no approval for something? I mean, let's just look at the 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 freedoms of our foundations to civilization. Let's pretend Christianity doesn't exist and just look at the freedoms. That we had, that have mm. been taken away. What is the difference? Yes, the means and the methods and such are slightly different. But if you look at the Cold War, and if you look at the Berlin Wall, and you look at what Eastern Europe had to go through, and you look at what we're going through now, you th- th- mm. they link up in so many places. Why are people looking at it so differently? Why is there no approval to resist? Because of brainwashing and gaslighting and Stockholm Syndrome, I'm afraid to say. So if a person wonders, well, what is all that... Uh, Basically, if you are trusting in the SATV, Sunday Crimes, uh, Sly Magazine, Useless News and World Report, Clinton News Network, the Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation, Satanic Alter Television or Evil TV or any of these other groups, if you depending on the mainstream media for your source of information and the government, well, then, gee, um, conflict of interest, they're not likely to be telling you how to think critically about this. So the people who are seeing this clearly are the people who think outside the box and are not linked up to the indoctrination propaganda narrative. Uh, and therefore, I'd say this is a key thing. So one example of how this works. I was invited to go and speak outside Critiscure Hospital when Dr. Susan Fosler, our most famous uh, heart transplant surgeon in South Africa, the most famous living heart transplant surgeon. I mean, she was around still in times of, of Chris Bonner, but she, she's she been doing heart transplants since 1988. Susan Fosley came out and publicly said that the vaccine is more dangerous than the virus, and especially for young men, you've got more chance of blood clots, heart attacks, strokes, and so on from getting a vaccine How than from the virus. How dare she do that? Exactly. So at this point, there was a whole lot of hysteria all over the place, uh, people screaming, She's an idiot. She's a moron. What does she know? Well, I mean, she's only a heart transplant surgeon. And she was head of infectious diseases unit at Red Cross Hospital and at Critiscue, by the way. But anyway, uh, I mean, what does she know? She should be stripped of her uh, doctorates. She should be uh, prevented from practicing medicine because she's she's gone against the narrative. So follow the science and trust our doctors is turned to, but not when they disagree with the narrative. So I went to support Susan Fosley. So I was part of a demonstration outside the gates of Critiscue Hospital and uh, there we were gathered then, I spoke on this, and I thought it's a wonderful group and great time, and uh, we stand with Susan Fosler and so on. I come home, and my wife, your mom, is telling me she's being inundated with hate mail from her friends. How could your husband do something so hateful, so disgusting, as to demonstrate against the poor, hard-working Doctors and nurses have been slaving to save the us. Same from the same doctors and nurses who are being barred from service if they themselves don't get uh, don't get vaccinated. Exactly. So think about it. Last year, they were having murals and they were having even moments of silence in South Africa every night at eight o'clock. The frontline workers, those heroes. who are still working in the hospital, they were the heroes. Now, if they don't get vaccinated, they zero exactly. Yeah. So 
I went back, I looked at the pictures. I couldn't find one photograph of anybody attacking the nurses or staff of Khrushchev Hospital. It was support for Susan Fosler. We stand with Dr. Susan Fosler and so on. And I went back and uh, Loving Life TV had uh, a video of my speech and I said nothing attacked him. But SATV and Evil TV and Fake News 24, they had put out there that we were demonstrating against the staff and then they had a few people too. Oh, so discouraging after all that we sacrificed and so on and demonstrating this. And honestly, so why were the people all worked up? They're listening to a indoctrination, propaganda, newspeak. I mean, what do you expect? There's such a lot of conflict of interest here that if you're trusting these pathological lies who've been, I mean, let's count up their lies, you know, just three weeks, just three weeks to flatten the curve. Um, socially distance, and that's going to, masks will stop it, vaccination will stop it, and so on and so forth. Well, here we are 22 months later, and has it stopped it? No. And just three weeks, now 22 months, and counting, no end in sight. They've lied about everything so far. No, it wasn't man-made and didn't come from virus. It didn't come from China. Well, now we know they've lied about everything. Why do we trust them now? And then they come out that a bunch of demonstrators supporting a medical professional at Hrydeskjö is turned into a demonstration against the medical professional at Hrydeskjö. So how can we trust these people? We've, we've said a lot in, our, in Galatians 5 verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So to end this off, what positive recommendations and incitements can you give to everyone here to be positive, to know that there is resistance, to know that we can move forward, to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and to make people feel a bit more motivated? Yes. So, I would recommend there's some very reliable sites. So, go on to lovinglifetv.com. Loving Life TV, you'll find lots of great resource there. Uh, the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. site, Children's Health Defense, Children's Health Defense website. There's also America's Frontline Doctors. Uh, there's some brilliant sites that you can get the other side of it. But I'd say Loving Life TV is a good place to start. Our Site, you can go to Henry Morton Stanley School of Christian Journalism on Facebook or HMS School of Christian Journalism.org uh, website, and you'll find quite a lot on these materials. ChristianAction.org.za, of course, also. I've produced things on the COVID cult and uh, on um, a, a balanced and biblical response to uh, masks and mandates and so on, and should ma vaccines be made mandatory. So we've got videos on us, we've got audios, we've got PowerPoints. And I recommend you go onto our website, christianaction.org.za, or visit lovinglifetv.org, and you'll get a lot of good resources. We've got a Biblical Worldview Summit coming up, starting this week on Thursday on the 6th. And if you can come there, if there's anyone in the Cape Town region who's able to travel through, day visitors are welcome as well. And so you can go onto either frontlinemissionsa.org or christianaction.org.za website, see the events, look at that. We'll have a draft program up there too. Those of you who can't make it, well, we will try and upload uh, videos and audios such as we can later on. But nothing beats being on the ground, interacting, group discussions, practicals, outreaches, and all of that. So and pray we, for us. We, we won't ask you to social distance or wear your mask. We won't check your vaccine passports. No need to worry about that. No, we've got far more important things than to follow this lie. And uh, yes, what did Solzhenitsyn say? The most courageous act that uh, individual can make when a lie is a pill of status to refuse to participate in a lie. And 
That's the point. It is courageous. And I think it's important that we all stop pretending we believe this lie. We know it's a lie. We know it's all about power and about enriching the vaccine people and extending the power of the government, advancing a communist agenda. And the best thing we can do is to say, no, thank you. We can be polite about it, uh, but let's not participate in this mass grade madness, lockdown lunacy, salvation by vaccination, COVID cult. Let's seek first the kingdom of God. John 8 verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And I pray that everyone who's listening now will be set free by knowing the truth. Are following the example of the people who don't submit to the TV and to the propaganda and that what they know, they know for themselves. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good night and God bless.